Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Dr. Homebrew. Brian and Brian and myself are back, and we are ready to judge some homebrew. Welcome, uh, BJCP Grandmaster Grandmaster Judges. Welcome back to Dr. Homebrew. Well, thank you. (laughs) I uh, I feel very welcome. Yeah, well, good. You should. You're supposed to, anyway. It's quite an honor. (laughs) We have two uh, homebrews today. One is a braggot which I think I can count on one hand how many times I've had a braggot. Huh. One finger? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, uh, and then uh, what, what's the other one? Barley wine, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, an American barley wine. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be a good show. You know, a lot of high alcohol stuff. I think that'll be... <laughs> sounds like a lot yeah. of fun. It's a good time, man. Very good Get time. To, uh, to, start, to start this show out for myself, I am personally drinking a non-alcoholic craft beer. I am drinking what? a non-alcoholic craft beer. Yes. Cool. Yeah, I, I've never... Um, uh, that's not true. I've, I've had... Because I've, I, I want to try them. I'm, I'm interested in that concept of non-alcoholic beer in general, right? But non-alcoholic beer that tastes good. That doesn't just taste like, well, like, you know, seltzer or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this is... It's not bad. It's uh, the, uh, the Athletic, I think, is what the... Athletic Brewing Company... I've heard of them, yeah. Yeah, they're all over. Somehow they end up getting a ton of press, like all the time. Like every year, there's a Business Insider article. It's like we know a good name. They yeah. make, a, yeah, I know. Um, it's reduced gluten and whatever, but it it's like this is a, a golden ale, and it's hmm. it's hoppy. It's like there's a bitterness to it. In my opinion, it's a little too it's a little too bitter, but it doesn't. It, it tastes it tastes like beer. It, it, but for you hate hoppy beer, you no, 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 stop, right? No, no, it's it's for a golden ale. Yes, it's too bitter. Okay, good point. Yeah, for a pale ale, no. Yeah, to style, right? Well, just call it a pale ale and enjoy it. I know, just right? Ignore, but I, I mean, take, it's, a, take a piece of electrician's electrical tape and it just says, take over that golden part. It says golden right there. What are you going to do? Love it. I can't do well, it. I would imagine, you know, of course, taking away the alcohol is going to change the overall flavor balance of the beer. So, yeah, you know, it, when, yeah, it does. And I, like I said, I've had a couple, and it's very weird. I think I even talked about them on the show where, like, I had a porter and it just tasted like work. It was just weird and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. grainy but sweet and there's really wasn't a whole lot to it but this there's actually like a like a process that your palate sort of goes through you know and, and breaking down this beer i don't know let's try it just check it out i'm i'm super interested in in the non-alcoholic beer space i don't know why all right i think because i like drinking beer and i don't want to just get mm-hmm. drunk all the time that's my main thing and if look if, if these craft brewers aren't going to be brewing pale ales that are five percent but you know sorry i'm gonna go somewhere else but anyway, I you don't digress. want a 7% pale ale and a 8% IPA. <laughs> yeah. Nothing makes me Nine, more angry IPA. than a 6% pale ale. It's just it, it Nothing just, makes you more fucking... angry than that, JP? No, it doesn't. It makes me upset. It makes me <laughs> what entirely upset. What about a hazy upset. pale ale that's 6%? Yeah. Um, okay, so our first beer is a Braggot brewed by Mark. Mark, welcome to the show, my friend. How's it going? Glad to be back. Not too bad. Wonder, not too I bad. I if Mark used any uh, uh, five-star products when he brewed this. What's that? I wonder if he used any five-star products when he brewed this for cleaning and sanitizing the, the equipment. I don't know. Did I? JP. <laughs> I this is, no, this is that. Brian. This is Brian's This is Brian's thing. This is Brian's going to take this and run with it. Go ahead, Brian. Well, um, we would like to thank our sponsor, Five Star. They've been yeah. with us throughout the years, and they're yeah. good people. Um, Could have waited. Whenever, <laughs> whenever in-person ahead, events man. are allowed, again, we'll we'll go greet them at the homebrew cons and craft beer fests of the world. But in, there you go. Until then, <laughs> we just have to thank them over the interwebs here. And that's uh, true. They've been our our sponsor from the very beginning, so we love them. And uh, I always use I always use PBW and Star Sam. And they've got a lot of other great products too. That's so, correct. Five star. There you five go. Five star chemicals. There you go. 
All right, Sell Mark. For four stars, you don't need six stars. Just go with five star. That's right. All right, Mark. Back to you, man. How's it going? Oh, I'm fantastic, man. Tell me what the hell a braggot is and why I need to drink yours. <laughs> Besides, so like braggot, you can think of it like a uh, mead beer. So it's a um, combination between a beer and a mead. So a mead is a honey wine. Obviously, you guys know what beer is, or I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Barely. I don't, I'm drinking non-alcoholic beer. What do I know? I'm stone cold sober, baby. Let's go. Uh, have you ever done something like this before? Yeah, I think so. I think okay. I might have had one on uh, a podcast of yours before. Oh, really? Oh, well, I, shit. I vaguely recollect that. What do I know, man? <laughs> that like was somewhat recently, as I recall. All right. Is this a rebrew then, or like, do I not no, have all no, the information? This is something brand new. So okay, something brand new. Bracket. Yeah. And, okay. Um, I won't spoil too much, but I'm really interested in what you guys think about this one. Yeah, don't spoil too much. I'm going to open it right now. Wow. Ooh, are we getting a little geyser? No, we're not. Nice hiss. Okay. No, we're not. Perfect. All right. Uh, all right. Well, Brian Cooper, go ahead, man. Why don't you start us off? Whoa. All right. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> I feel yeah, like this one's a little to, too... Uh, I'm going to need about five minutes here just to get past the head here. Degas, yeah. Um, well, I can start with the aroma, so that'll, that'll be just fine, and the appearance. Um, so what we have is a, uh, a braggot with a stout base um, and uh, made with wildflower honey, I believe you said. And it was, um, it is, it should be uh, sparkling and, uh, and uh, uh, what did you say? Medium sweet. So, yeah. Yeah, medium sweet, yeah. I don't know the the strength on it though. Is it sack or standard? Standard. It's standard, standard strength. Okay. That that always helps, and when you're giving a, um, you know, giving a braggot or any mead to a competition, you always want to declare those things because if you make judges guess, they just get they get pissy, I guess. You know, sometimes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was uh, it's obvious that it's it's sparkling because it's you know, boom. There's the head kicking right up. Um, so I, I kind of, <laughs> I have a story about this bottle. The first bottle I opened at this beer was, um, uh, I was, I was unpacking your very, very nice, uh, uh, bubble wrap job. And, uh, uh, I was using scissors to do that, of course. And it, the scissors just somehow like lifted up the cap on accident and just flipped it up then just flipped it up off of the bottle and it just whoosh, uh, just like so you know uh post accident i i capped on on co2 on the the carbonation that came up in the neck as this one kind of did too it didn't oh it didn't gush but it came up in the neck a little bit so i capped it on that because it wasn't but you had it warm it wasn't uh no it wasn't it was warm when i got when i was putting it away so I waited until uh, a day later. So I hoped that no oxidation would come in. And I'm going to see if there's any uh, differences here between my notes and when this came in, but mm. uh, bummer. So, yeah, but I, so I just, inst- I had to judge it quick. I, I felt really bad. I was like, well, I'm not going to waste this braggot. I'm going to taste it. So uh, it, ha- it came up a day later and I w- wondered if the carbonation might've been a little lower uh, than it would have been otherwise. Was it, but I, I did cap it. I, I sealed the cap back on there. So nice. anyway, that was the funny story there. Um, yeah, I'm primarily getting the, um, in the nose, primary aroma of raisin fruitiness uh, with some underlying fig. Alcohol is quite evident, but it's clean and sweet. The fruity esters are high. Uh, it has a moderate complexity, I would say. Medium, low honey aroma. Uh, no obvious varietal noted. It seems like a wildflower type expression. Uh, you know, it's kind of a light floral. I, I noted that even though I didn't know at the time that it was wildflower. You told me that later. So this is like straight out of my notes here. Um, no obvious roast in there. It, there's a faint kind of chocolate note. And I, I was wondering if I was getting a little banana or something in there too, but I, I'm not getting that now. There's something, there's something interesting fruity in there that's kind of hard to define. Uh, I guess just the raisiny uh, combining with the alcohol, I think, and making kind of a like a fermented fruit kind of aroma, you know. Uh, Appearance-wise, it's a nice, uh, rich, uh, reddish-brown color, kind of a, you know, not a deep, deep brown, but kind of a medium-light brown. And uh, 
initially it forms a, a, a pretty good size head. Uh, the first, the first one I did would kind of formed a medium size head, uh, mostly large, uh, bottle bubbles. And, um, they receded pretty quickly the first time. Um, this one's actually, uh, persisting fairly well. So I might, you know, come up a point on that. I'm not sure. Uh, I didn't see any, any real legs, um, slight haze only, um, the bubbles, uh, rise continuously in, in, in patches after it kind of, uh, after the head kind of cleared on the first sample I did. So, um, I gave it a four out of six for appearance, but I would probably come up to a five because just the minor, minor haze is the only real problem here. Um, I guess it's a little more reddish than I might expect for a stout, but you know, I guess you're, you're adding honey, you know, honey, honey wine into the mix here too. So that might change the color a bit, depending how you did all that. If you blended honey wine with stout and it was a lighter honey wine, um, flavor wise, raisin and plum are prominent. Again, with kind of a fig undertone, very, uh, very fruit forward. The tannins are fairly low and out of the way. Uh, it has a slight floral expression again. Um, there are some faint hints of like dark carameliness, I would say. A, a whiff of sweet chocolate. Um, not any real roasty, rich qualities. Um, but when you do braggots, you know, it, it does change the expression of the beer. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to play differently. Um, I guess I would expect a little more uh, roast to somehow come through being declared as a, as a stout base style. Um, it's still very smooth, balanced to the, the fruit quality, uh, faintly honey-like. And I think the fruit quality is coming from the, uh, the malt and the, and the honey, probably. It's not like, it doesn't seem like a real estery, ester bomb. It's just um, in the ingredients. Uh, medium full body, medium uh, low. Well, the first sample had medium low carbon dioxide. It had it had faded in the day I had it left in the fridge. So this is a little more towards medium here. Uh, nice little fig lingers in the aftertastes. Uh, low and um, uh, there's no low to no roast in here. Uh, you know, very little dark malt to speak of. Um, again, I'm going to get a little floral and aftertaste as well. Uh, overall impression, I guess it's a pleasant drinking stout braggot, uh, just less honey and much bigger fruit, uh, you know, slightly overripe, uh, reminiscent of, uh, you know, older bananas kind of, <laughs> uh, kind of like, uh, you know, the or raisins that have been, you know, sliced open and sitting around for a while or something mm. to, you know kind of funkify but it's not it's not funky or gnarly in any way really it's just smooth and, and and clean um i think i would like more stout character with a little extra roast you could bring that up higher um and if, if the hunting's pulling it away you might need to over adjust a little bit um and you know you you could you could also add a bit more honey to increase the kind of braggadiness of it too it's like the the honey is kind of fighting with some of the other, mainly the fruit. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting animal. I, I found the balance to be to quite, quite fun and interesting. And it's just well done. Um, I think it probably just needs a little more fine tuning to get it to, to express as stout and, and maybe get a little more definite honey character to come out of it. But um, I thought it was very good. I gave it a, a 36 out of 50 and uh, this was a fun one to taste I, like real, really fruity and, and fun and, um, you know, nice aroma, no off, off stuff really at all. Just kind of, um, I, I honestly haven't had a lot of braggots in my time either because they're just not something you see around a lot. And so it's kind of fun to taste them and, uh, you know, um, see the combination of, of beer with, with honey and what it does. So I'll let Brian comment on this too, and we'll see where we land here. There you go, Shark. Give it a whirl. Give it a spin, a Rooney. All right, spin. Everybody, step up. Spin the wheel. See where <laughs> she lands. Uh, Mark, thanks for uh, for sending this in. Uh, I know you've mentioned this before. We've discussed it. Uh, but for folks that may not have heard previous shows you've been on, are you in a homebrew club? Absolutely not. 
you are are too prickly I, from that tone of voice. It sounds like you're just you, you don't get along with people. You don't want to be around them. You don't want to be <laughs> with them or learn from them. So that's probably for the best that you're just brewing on your own. That that's okay. So uh, no, this is like JP was saying. I think the only braggart I have had in my life before was the one you sent us before this. So you keep sending us braggart, and I appreciate that because it gives me a chance to try some new things that I, I haven't had in the past. Uh, I, I was for the aroma. Uh, I got that medium wildflower honey. I got some low to medium toasted bread. No hop aroma. Uh, low esters. I definitely got raisin like uh, Cooper did. I got a little bit of, I got some peach too, which was kind of interesting. Uh, and it kind of comes and goes, and I might have talked myself into it, but I, I got some peach in the aroma. Uh, so I, it, it kind of a low level, so low esters, no off aromas, uh, 9 out of 12 for that. Appearance, just like JP held up his uh, glass to the, the camera, a uh, giant light brown head, uh, persistent with big bubbles. Uh, the beer's dark brown in color and clear, uh, 3 out of 3. You know, it's interesting for a, a beer with a stout as a base. I kind of expected when I poured it for it to be like black, like Guinness. But when I thought about that, I was a little surprised for a moment that I thought, well, it's 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 a braggot. It's not is a braggot based on a stout. It's not a Guinness. So it's going to have some lighter color because of the, the honey uh, and other component of this this beverage. Uh, flavor. Uh, initially, the flavor uh, I got some dark uh, malt at kind of a low level, not roast, uh, but I got some kind of dark malt uh, character followed by medium to medium high uh, honey. Uh, what's interesting is uh, if you've ever had a uh, tart of darkness from the brewery, which is a sour beer uh, and it's not, I, I don't think that it makes, I don't think it's a great sour, but the malt character of Heart of Darkness is, I think, very similar to the malt character of this beer. Uh, so I'm, Brian, looks like you're about to say something, but you're muted. I, I think it's a great, uh, Tart of Darkness is a great sour. I, I actually just tried to brew a clone of it. Hmm. It's, again, it's just a matter of personal taste. I mean, Tart of Darkness is considered like the classic uh, sour stout. I don't maybe I got a hold of a bad bottle once uh and what I found objectionable was not the the stout part and I, I bring it up not to like slag this beer and say oh it tastes like this beer I don't like but just to say that the 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 malt character of that stout in Tart of Darkness has a similar character to this uh and I I, I couldn't begin to tell you why right because a sour beer is not a braggot. There's nothing sour about this. Uh, and maybe it's just the use of the stout as a base is, is the similarity. I, I don't know. Uh, in uh, bitterness was uh, at a medium level, uh, balances out in mid palate. Uh, thought it was well attenuated. Uh, finishes long and balanced toward honey. So that's 14 out of 20. Uh, for mouthfeel, body's medium, uh, carbonation's medium to high. Uh, I'd probably characterize this as somewhat creamy, uh, slight warming, but as often happens for the first beer that I judge for the show before I have anything to eat, maybe anything I could have a, uh, I could have like a golden ale, uh, non-alcoholic, and it might give me some uh, slight warming. <laughs> you definitely can. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's a possibility. I know where you uh, can get No them. astringency, five out of five, uh, overall impression seven for a total of 38. Uh, I, I like this beer a lot, but I, I got to thinking, I wonder if the stout is the best base for this. Uh, there's, as Brian and I both noted, there's a little, there's kind of a raisiny character to the aroma. There's a little bit of a raisiny character to the flavor. Uh, and I wonder if something like a barley wine or a double, uh, or a double, as some folks like to say, probably you should say double, the Belgian double. Uh, yeah. that already has like a raisiny character might maybe fit a little better than a stout. Uh, just, just a thought. I mean, it's not to, that it's a comment that might be a little bit too overarching to say, 
no, you made this thing, but don't make that thing. Make this whole other thing instead. Uh, or you must that, call it something else than yeah. what you called it. You know, if it was a stout base, you call it a stout. But I yeah, think so it, I agree yeah. too with like more like a uh, double like kind of character that raisininess really comes out strongly. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just that the the stout recipe had a lot of middle malts and, you know, rich uh, caramels or special bees or something to kind of push up those raisiny flavors. Or if it just came from the combination of the honey wine with the, uh, with the beer style. So it's interesting. Yeah, but I, I did like it. And, you know, 38 is an excellent. So, uh, you know, I think it's well done. And I'm looking forward to hearing about it. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. This beer is so weird. This braggot is so weird. It's it's hard to agree with. Agree, I, I I agree and disagree with a lot of what you guys said. Um, I think stout is a is a fine base for it, um, but it does kind of create this weird like plummy pluot, you know, sort of monstrosity in my mouth that I don't know. I don't know. Like on the one hand, Cooper, you're like, oh, I would like to have more stringency, more stout like, but I, you know, I don't know because. I don't know. It's very that confusing. Might, that might hurt it, yeah, if it was too much. It might hurt it a little bit, yeah, because it, it does drink, but you're also right at the same time because it does sort of drink more like an old ale braggot. You know old what I mean? Old ale is really a good, I, hadn't had, I haven't had an old ale for so many years, and you said that, and that immediately triggered that thought in my mind. It's yeah, a that, little tart. That's a good call. Yeah, it's a little, you know, raisiny. It's a lot raisiny, but um, yeah, I, that's, it's... That's, it's yeah, also it's not that not that extremely dark either, like a stout. Yeah, kind of reddish. So reddish yeah, brown. I don't know. I mean, um, it 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 does sort of it doesn't drink like a stout based braggot. I guess that's just where I'm going to finish on that. Uh, Mark, why don't you give us the recipe for this, please? Absolutely. And before I jump in, yeah, I just um, I wanted to hear more about uh, JP's thoughts on this, but the reason I went stout with it, I didn't actually do a stout base beer uh, for this braggot, but um, I, when it was, when this braggot was younger, it, to me, it came off more like coffee, like, and I know you're a coffee guy. And mm-hmm. so that's why I really wanted to hear your opinions about this, but um, it came it, to me, it came off a little sour, mm-hmm. um, a little coffee, like, did you get any of that with that? I with did. Your... I, I get the tart. I mean, I think that there might be something going on. I mean, look at that. That That's a whole glass of foam that I just poured out of the bottle that's been open since the segment started 20 minutes ago. So I think that there is, You got maybe you have a bug in here that's sort of, you know, making Changing things a little things. bit tarty. Yeah, a little bit. I don't get coffee in it, no. I mean, if, if I had to... To, to force myself to get coffee out of it, maybe more like like a latte or something like that. You know what I mean? Where it's like a little bit of sweetness and then maybe some of that roasty character, but um, maybe it's from the, the, the base beer and not, uh, yeah, I, I don't, no, I'm going to go with no, I don't really get, I don't get coffee out of here. Well, no, it, yeah, it could be like, you know, Brian, Brian did have that comment that it, it does express kind of like a sour. And, and as I taste it too, I do get a little tartness in there. And uh, JP, yep. you might be right about something going on in there, and that's pulling away from what was once a more chocolatey beer and, mm-hmm. and richer and is now receding into a, just a me- middle fruit and even and even the uh, uh, peach and pear, you know plum that, that uh, Brian was mentioning. Yeah. So uh, how did well, you do this, Mark? What was your <laughs> process here? Yeah, so I just want to say, uh, first off, um, the sourness was kind of intended. I don't know if that part's a bug. I can definitely see where you're saying about the foam. Um, yeah, maybe there's something got in there. But um, as far as the recipe, um, <laughs> what I did is um, I started with two point two and a half pounds of wildflower honey and one pound of golden light DME, and I bocheted that. And so what that means is I put it in a crock pot for about eight hours, mixed it all together, came back the next morning, and it was caramelized. I mm-hmm. um, added that to water to total about four gallons RO water. And then I boiled for 15 minutes with half an ounce of Mandarina Bavaria hops. I chilled and then pitched USO5. 
What was your starting and finishing gravity on it? Um, I don't. That's have really, that yeah, right really interesting. By the way, I want to say it was ten fifty. So, where's the stout base? Yeah, that's what I was saying before. There's not exactly a stout base. I just declared that because mm-hmm. that's what I thought it tasted like. Got it. Okay. So you lied to us. <laughs> <laughs> you lied yeah. to the doctor's homebrew. We cannot give you a proper diagnosis if you're not to being now? totally honest with your doctors. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, man. Wow. Please, sir. So yeah, you took the truth. You took honey and DME and basically reduced it, caramelized it, and then added water back and then boiled it with some hops, and then that's it. That's it. I mean, for 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 doing that, you it tastes like an old ale based braggot. Yeah, I would do. I would go old ale. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't go stout. But or, again, or you said it's changed. I think so. Uh, yeah, double would be fine too. I mean, I, it, that's a cool way to do it. Is that something you came up with, or did the internet poison your mind to do something like this? Yeah, I mean, I came up with it on my own. I don't, <laughs> actually, I don't know if I'm the first person to do this, but let's say yes. Um, <laughs> Let's sure, just say I'm the yes. first person to do this. There but, you go. Um, Cheers, man. <laughs> but yeah, I came up with this idea, and I, you know, people have been doing bouches for a long time, you know, caramelizing mm-hmm. honey. Um, and I was like, well, that's kind of boring. Let me add some DME in there and see if I can change it up a little bit. Yeah. In, in what context are people making bouches? In in the mead world? Yeah, in the mead world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've I've seen that mentioned, and it always just seems very daunting. Like, wow, you're gonna basically scald honey, and then add, I don't know, it doesn't make any sense to me. But now, crock, crock pot, you put it on low, man. That thing, you're gonna, yeah. you're gonna cook that thing all day; it'll never burn because sure. it's just on. You can cook anything. I mean, put that Christmas ham in there for like <laughs> nine hours. I don't know. Fine, don't say man. never, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, it, it's very unique. It's very interesting. How how much of this did you make? Four gallons. Four gallons. Yeah. Yeah, that's super interesting, man. Are you gonna are you gonna adapt it? Are you gonna change it? What are you gonna do with this? Yeah, so actually I have one in the fermenter right now that I I did the same Boucher uh method, mm-hmm. same hop schedule, but I put maple syrup in the crock pot. So oh, wow. um, yeah. In addition instead of the DME or in addition to I did the DME as well. I did okay. the honey, DME, and the maple syrup. Maple syrup, all right. Huh. You know, because I wonder if, I mean, because if you're boiling it, you could probably steep some grains in there, too, if you wanted to sort of, like, add more, uh, you know, more of a stout thing. Like, if you liked the way that that, you thought that was coming together, you could easily do that. You can easily just, I mean, you're basically making a base extract beer that you can add anything to because you're, you're, you're boiling hops with it. Yeah. So you can really sort of do whatever you want. That's an interesting way to make a braggot. Hmm. Yeah, I like it. To, you know, follow like the brewlosophy kind of uh, short and shoddy kind of method. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, simple home brewing. Um, wow, wow, that's uh, sort of stumped me there. Uh, do we have any questions as the doctor's homebrew for Mark? Let's flip this around a little bit. Do you guys want to ask him, Mark, anything about this? Why did you lie to us? <laughs> <laughs> that's really what it's about, man. Oh, what what is your intention with this? Uh, what was the inspiration besides just wanting to do a boucher? Um, I just wanted to. I'm just so I'm honestly I'm thinking about going pro here soon, and so I'm just trying to do like the most crazy things I can think of and get mm. feedback on them. And so that's kind of you know and you know I love the ideas old ale and and Dubal and all those other things like. Um, I didn't think about that to be honest, but I think those probably would have been better base styles, but yeah, I mean, I was just, um, you know, I'm just trying to get as much feedback as I can. Yeah. Well, if you want to do a Belgian pro, a pro brewer or mead maker or both. Well, unfortunately in, in the U S um, if you want to do braggots, it's considered a brewery license. If you want to do traditional meads or melmels, it's a winery. So i at some point, I have to pick one or the other. I'm not really sure which way I'm going to go, though. Yeah, well, you could. I uh, would get a um, get a warehouse space with two addresses, <laughs> and then you get you know your winery license in one, and then the brewery license on the second one. There you go. 
You could, you could, you could, you could do that. Yeah. If you want to do a Belgian style, though, I suggest using a Belgian yeast with it, and and you'll get more of those phenolics and things that you get in the Belgian style. It's like it has the raisininess of a double, but not really the yeast character of a double. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, the old ale is probably a better descriptor. But okay. yeah, stout. It didn't. It didn't scream stout. But if you had said, yeah, old ale, I'd probably add a few points. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Are you? Uh, is, now is Hope Brewcon live this year? We I think hope. it's live in person. I'm not sure if it was in know. person or not. Were you, Were you planning on going to Home Brewcon, Mark? No, no plans at this time. Okay. Because this this would be something, and it's it's probably too late to get in a proposal to speak or something, but. Presuming that in 22, maybe uh, we'll all be healthier or uh, people are, or, or dead or whatever. Maybe uh, you might want to propose, uh, get in a proposal for doing a session in 22. And you think they already have all their speakers lined up, Brian? For, for, I mean, for 22, not for 21. Because no, 21 they... is later on this, this summer, right? That's like. And we're coming up to the close of summer, sweetheart. I think it's over. That's true. Homebrew Con is done. Yeah. yeah. It was? Okay. Well, this yeah. is just how out of it I am this year. I'm just so, yeah. uh, okay. so out there. of Okay. Well, maybe the next Homebrew Con, uh, this is something that's interesting and different enough that mm-hmm. you might want to consider going and putting in even a proposal to speak. And, you know, Crock-Pot, maybe uh, uh, you know, 20, 30 in a row of these <laughs> and, and keg them or something. <laughs> so you could have enough God. to serve in a small session. Just. But hey, it's slow cooking, man. Just put some in every day and just keep pouring uh, it in your fermenter. I mean, uh, it's, that's yeah. not a bad idea, especially even if you just want to make some of the boche, the boche to hand out to taste. Right. Not yeah, even, even just in, of the even mead. informally if you don't want to do yeah. a session. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's I'm crazy. I'm picturing Mark's future brewery and our winery, whatever it will be. And in the back, there's just this giant, like... Ten, you know, thirty times size crock pot. <laughs> Put it on low, yeah. honey. I'm I more the like kids. racks and racks and racks of crock pots, like fifty <laughs> or a hundred or five hundred crock go. pots, just yeah. going at once. Yeah, it's like well, a Bitcoin. Actually... It's like a Bitcoin mining farm in China, but crock pots. <laughs> that was my second venture. How'd you get that? <laughs> Actually, uh, you could use a put put a like a, just a stainless steel pot over each processor. It probably generates enough heat to boche, like for each Bitcoin uh, processing C- GPU. Yeah, you just you could you can mine Bitcoin. I, and I'm a DeFi make... guy, man. I don't do Bitcoin anymore. <laughs> uh, uh, it's all but it's all in, about all about Dogecoin these days, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> but in all seriousness, um, Sergio from Melvino, he came up with. Um, a process a few years ago where he had like a um like a food grade like metal bin like a 30 gallon bin and i think if i remember correctly he put a sous vide like one of those things uh, you like yeah. sous vide with into that and that's how we bocheted and i haven't tried that yet but that was going to be the way i did it if i ever got bigger that's smart not too bad that sounds good yeah all right, Mark. Well, if that's it, I think uh, you've blown everyone away a little bit too much today. <laughs> and still got to, I got to, these guys have a whole other segment to do. Wow. But uh, I do have one yeah. more question just in terms of like the BJCP stuff. If, if we're going to say old ale is the best um, style to declare it as, um, what things could I do to improve it? Ah, God. Well, I don't know. I, you know, use <laughs> use English hops with it, and uh, you know, research old ale recipes and try to em- emulate that as you know as best you can. But it's obviously not. Well, coming he can't from because it's recipe necessarily. Yeah, it's, it's just, literally DME. Like he, there's nothing. There's nothing to replicate. Yeah. But like you said, he could steep other grains in there and get some. Yeah. Get some. Uh, some other caramel malts or something in there with a little base malt and do a steep or something. Yeah. Some specialty like, yeah, special B or uh, maybe, yeah, I don't know. Try that. But you know, I, I am, I am interested to hear more about your other ventures moving forward with this because I do think that there is a little contaminant. And so I think that's spinning things out into the old ale category that might not be there otherwise. It's okay. it's probably going to be hard to make this predictably the same way every time. Yeah, yeah, but it's anything. It's tasting cool. 
Char? Yeah, I mean, I don't really... I, I agree with, with Cooper that maybe uh, some English English hops might be a good choice, but God, I'm just so unfamiliar with Braggot. I mean, I like I like the honey character a lot. And, yeah, maybe just the uh, the English hops might be a little more... Uh, a little more suited to the style, it might be mm-hmm. a little more herbal, woody, uh, uh, and you know, as you try try different levels, man. Try because uh, you make one crock pot at a time. You know, make some that's highly hopped, some that's not very highly hopped, some with you know more flavor, more aroma, some with less. Just experiment uh, on those little little batches and see what happens. Yeah, definitely. Cool, and I'll see if I can get a baby pellicle to grow this time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, someone in the chat says HomebrewCon is uh, June 22 in Pittsburgh. Oh, wow. Good luck getting I mean, me on a plane. Uh, I haven't been to Pittsburgh in like 25 years. Yeah, you're not missing much. <laughs> um, that, uh, yeah, all right. Pittsburgh's cool when I was well, there. I, I always liked it. Yeah, sure. Uh, all right, Mark, we'll <laughs> let you go then, man. Fantastic. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks, dude. Take care. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. And we're going to take a quick break here on Dr. Homebrew. Hang on. We have a whole other beer to judge. We'll be right back after this. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. examination all right thanks a lot everybody for hanging around we are back it's dr homebrew derek has joined us and derek has sent in an american barley wine derek welcome to the show how's it going guys not too bad man we're just hanging out drinking some beers you know what i mean (laughs) jp added blue tape to this so that we would know what it was although you can't read anything on blue tape yeah i could read Derek. derek I can sort of read dark. Derek, uh, uh, thanks for sending your beer. Have you made a barley wine before? Uh, Technically, it's my first time trying. I made a little kit before and just really upped the alcohol and pseudo barley wine. (laughs) But uh, no, this was my first attempt. Uh, I just switched over to all grain probably within the last year and still trying to dial it in. So Um, figured to try and go with something a little bit different. Uh, by adding uh, the rye to it and, you know, seeing how that would come out. I've never really had a, a rye barley wine before, so yeah, why, why not? not? Yeah, forget it. Fuck it. Um, cool. All right. Well, Brian Shar, why don't you start us off, man? All right. Well, Derek, thank you for uh, for sharing this, uh, this beer with us. Uh, I have to ask what I try to remember to ask everyone. Are you in a homebrew club? No, as you'd say, I'm a I'm lone wolf in it. Uh, kind of just you know, <laughs> doing my own thing, and not that I don't like people or anything like that. It's just <laughs> I, I don't have the time to commit to going to meetings or or doing any of that. He's don't he listen totally to what he's saying. Yeah. He's the Unabomber of homebrewers. He's, uh, uh, he's no, I this. totally hear you. And I see that drop ceiling in the video, and you probably have like all kinds of sacks of DME squirreled away up there, and uh, <laughs> Erlenmeyer flasks and stuff. So you're just trying your best to get on the watch list, and that's okay. You know, it's the homebrew watch it's list that the BA right. puts together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I enjoyed this beer. I. Uh, I judged American Strong at uh, NHC in Philly, whatever year that was, probably like seven or eight years ago. 
And uh, it was really fun because there's you know, 13 regions. So 13, you know, American, English, uh, barley wine and like old ale. And by the time you get through about number 10, it's like, I think this one tastes like there's malt in here. <laughs> right. And yeah, I think now this one's not warming anymore. You want to see pictures of my kids? Uh, so that that's a challenging style in competition to, uh, to judge sometimes. Uh, but it's still a lot of fun. Uh, so I like this beer. Uh, I was a little, I hesitated a little bit how to judge this, whether to just judge this as a straight up barley wine or a uh, specialty. Uh, but I ended up judging it as a barley wine because, you know, rye is not a, I, I guess what I would call a prohibited ingredient for the style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would end up judging it essentially as a barley wine anyway, right? Because, I'm going to go, I go to whatever, uh, uh, 2034, I, I've never, I've never been able to recite the numbers of the styles off the top of my head, like a lot of other judges can. And I, I, I'm okay with that. Uh, but whatever that number that specialty is, I'm just going to judge it as a barley wine with rye in it anyway. So it's going to, it's going to come out the same e- either way. Uh, aroma, uh, I thought it had a uh, low caramel, uh, medium spicy rye rye is very distinctive as you know uh and there i got definitely sort of a, a medium uh, a spicy character for that uh a low almost like a grape ester and i thought it was slightly vinous in that way uh and also a, a low grape nuts character even though grape nuts and grapes have absolutely nothing in common uh I maybe that's I was thinking grape, but maybe I was thinking grape nuts. I I don't know. I I like grape nuts. I haven't had them in a long time, uh, but I I like them. Uh, And and maybe the grape nuts to me was maybe more of a a cereal character, but you know, like a good cereal, like a cereal malt, not like Frosted Flakes or Lucky Charms or some shit, but like like a grape nuts type of actual actual cereal. Uh, I I got sort of a low citrus hop aroma but i might have talked myself into that that's why it's the last thing i noted for aroma <laughs> coming back to it i'm not sure it's there uh if by low i mean it's it's really really low if it's present uh so eight out of twelve for aroma uh appearance two out of three uh some haze is okay but this is uh this is a pretty hazy barley wine uh and it doesn't have the hop flavor or aroma to a degree that I would expect it to be this hazy from hops. Uh, medium head settled quickly. It's amber in color. So yeah, two out of three, you know, like usual, the appearance factors are more, you're typically going to lose if something's off on appearance, you're going to lose a point, maybe two. It's not, and, and this beer that that didn't happen to, but you know, from a practical standpoint, when you're entering competition and judging competitions, if something is off in the appearance, sometimes that will, uh, it'll kind of set the stage for a judge to have a bad impression. Uh, but in, in this case, it, the rest of everything else I thought was, was real good. And it didn't, I, I didn't find anything about that off putting, uh, flavor. Initially the flavor is spicy rye, uh, hot bitterness, uh, came up to a, a medium to high level to balance in mid palate. Uh, there's definitely some ethanol sweetness uh, starting in mid palate. Uh, not harsh fusel, but some ethanol sweetness. And that's a sign of really good fermentation. And it's a sign that you know what you're doing, that you're going to have a beer that's this high. It's going to be barley wine strength and alcohol where you can taste the ethanol, but it's not a, oh God, this is your nail polish or whatever. I will be curious to hear about your fermentation temp control because I suspect you had some good fermentation temperature control. Uh, it's well attenuated. Uh, finish is long and you know, balanced toward bitterness uh, and a little bit of the, that ethanol sweetness. Uh, I get a low caramel flavor throughout, but really no hop flavor uh, anywhere anywhere in here. So give that 12 out of 20. Uh, mouthfeel, 5 out of 5. Oh, it's warming. Uh, but it's not warming in a sta- from a standpoint of fusel or anything else. It's pleasantly warming in the way that you want uh, a barley wine or a higher alcohol beer to be. Uh, it's kind of an evening sipper, and just you have that that nice warming character to it. 
medium high body, uh, slightly mouth numbing. I mean, I, I, and again, not in a bad way. This is that, uh, Hey, I'm going to sit and have a, uh, a bottle of this, uh, and read a book by the fire before by the air conditioner this time of year, uh, before bed and just enjoy this. And it's got a little bit of that mouth numbing. This is a high alcohol beer character to it. Uh, neither creamy nor astringent five out of five overall impression, uh, seven for a total of 34. Uh, I thought it was really excellent. This is a great beer where the alcohol sneaks up on you. Uh, I really like it. I think the fermentation is really well done in this beer. I think it can be really challenging to, uh, to brew something like this and have it not come out fusily, uh, from overly high temperature fermentation or, or warty because the yeast pooped out too early in fermentation. So that's, it, it's an achievement and it, it shows that you, you know what you're doing with brewing to get it, to get it like this. Um, there's a lot going on in this beer for, uh, for hops to compete with, but I think some more, one of the hallmarks of American barley wine is sort of high hop, moderate to high hop flavor, moderate to high hop aroma. Uh, and it, to me, didn't have quite the aroma or the flavor of hops that would have put it like really uh, higher up. But I think it's really well done. Uh, and I had a note, send us more in five years. But like Brian <laughs> said, we'll just hang on to this bottle uh, and we'll pop this open in a year or three and see what happens. So thank you. Excellent. Cooper, let's go. All right. Yeah. Um, had a uh, decent hiss upon opening the beer. I just judged it as an American barley wine as well, a 22C. Um, just keeping in mind the, light, the rise contribution. But unless you're going to do one with, you know, where it's 20% rye, and I don't think this is anywhere near there, you know, uh, you, you might then, if you're going to go really heavy with it like that, you you might declare it differently. But if it's just a blend of the overall flavors, um, as this seems to be, you know, this is fine to enter as a normal American barley wine. So just to set that base uh, there. Uh, has a, in the aroma, a smooth, caramelly, rich malt with a light rye kind of husky graininess there. Uh, medium aroma of, of the malt. It's, it's pretty firm and rich. Uh, I found a medium low resiny and, and a low citrus hop aroma um, alongside that. The very smooth alcohol, uh, medium low fruity esters. And uh, as it, Warmed, I got some hints of richer, like toffee-like malt. Um, then no DMS or, or, or diacetyl or anything like that. It's a, a nice, clean ale, and that's a good job with a beer of this strength. So uh, good start for the beer. Uh, Appearance-wise, you know, it went a little bit downhill here with the, you know, the, the color is fine, but the, the head, it poured with almost no head at first, and it dissipated fairly quickly from there. Just you had a uh, what I could see of the bubbles, they were mostly fine in a small, delicate collar around the glass after, very shortly after pouring. Um, so, it, yeah, it, this sample has got a little bit more. I've allowed it to warm up a bit. It was a little colder at first. The second sample poured a little bit better head. Uh, but, yeah, um, flavor-wise, it's uh, pleasantly rich, uh, maltiness, balanced reasonably you know with the hops I, I think the 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 malt wins uh with the rich bready and caramel malt flavors uh the rye is coming through low alongside that uh i would the the bitterness in here is medium low bordering on low i would say uh too little for style um you want a little more bitterness in that especially knowing that if it's something you do want to age uh it's going to decrease over time um, but it's, it's smooth bitterness and it, it plays off to their, um, flavor characteristics. Well, uh, medium high alcohol throughout, but it is smooth, um, hops again, resiny citrusy, uh, has a malty aftertaste and, uh, obvious clean, strong ale fermentation was employed, uh, only a touch of, uh, any kind of alcohol hotness uh, or alcoholic flavors. Um, really nice job there. You can tell that it's strong, but uh, I get it more in the mouthfeel, in the in the down the chest warming, which I'll get to here next. Uh, the mouthfeel, medium, full-bodied, 
with fairly low CO2. It can be allowed, low CO2 can be allowed in this style. And uh, firm warmth down the throat, all, like all the way down into the chest, uh, but pleasant and not too hot or biting. Uh, no, no real creamy character, no, no astringency. Uh, you know, pretty good job on that. It feels, feels about right for barley wine. Uh, well-crafted one. Uh, overall impression, it, it has a great blend of flavors right now. Uh, it seems like the, the hops are slowly going to be buried with sweet malt that's here. And that, that happens anyway with a barley wine. You know, when you taste a fresh, you know, zero to one-year-old barley wine, you get a lot of hops in it. But you get to like, you know, two, three, five years, it, it starts to go away pretty dramatically. And especially the hop flavors, you might be left with a little bit of bitterness. And then that, that starts, you know, slowly fading away as well as the years go on. Uh, I've done a lot of barley wine, barley wine verticals, and it's really fun to taste the differences between the years. Um, but after a while, it just it's just a more gradual progression. <laughs> a lot happens in the first few years. Uh, so you might want to push that bitterness up a little a little bit higher uh, and the, the hop flavors a little bit as well as, as Brian suggested, um, especially if you want to age it. Uh, I would suggest, you know, finding ways to clear up the beer up front because uh, remember the haze will increase uh, over time uh, in a barley wine as will the, you know, the, the, the beer will darken as well uh, due to oxidation and the flavors will change and kind of meld over time as well. So you want to start out with a, a, a bigger balance of hops and, and clear it up while you can, because it's, it is going to get hazy anyway. And you forgive haze in an aged barley wine. Uh, but if it, if it starts here, it might get really hazy by then <laughs> looking at it. Like, is this orange juice or dark orange juice? I don't know, but um, yeah. Um, no, good job with the yeast though, for sure. Like um, really well cared for fermentation and uh, good attenuation. I, I might increase the CO2 just a little bit, or that may increase with age two, um, especially with any fermentables going on in there and you keep it at, at a, you know, kind of room temperature, it's gonna, it's gonna change and things are going on in there. It's alive. And, uh, so, um, you might start low there and that's, that's fine. It's, it's allowed, like I said. So that's just, I think I would prefer this beer with just a little more carbonation as it is now, but in a few years it might be, be there and, and, and push some of those multi flavors and, and the hops will be gone, but, um, it's going to be a different animal in a while. So hopefully we do get, remember to save the second bottle that Brian and I still have and taste it again someday. I landed on a 33 for this. I'm pretty close to Brian. I agree with that. This is a very good territory. Um, generally within the, uh, uh, parameters just has some, uh, you know, some minor issues with, I would say kind of the, the balance, and uh, just depending on what you want to do with it, if you want to drink it for present use, it's actually pretty good right now. It almost tastes like an aged barley wine would taste, but you can tell it's fresher. There's still some fresh hop aromas here. Uh, to me, I, I definitely got some resiny. Uh, I'd be interested to hear the hop choices and what your ingredients were on this and what your process was, especially with the yeast and, and everything, because that was that was nicely done for second barley wine. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're tough, man. You know, I I got a lot of what everyone was saying. For me, I think it it almost tastes like under attenuated because it's already really really sweet, and I feel like as it's going to age, it's not really going to be helped. It's going to be get sweeter. I think. Yeah, you don't want them to be cloying for sure. Yeah, and it it tastes sort of. Uh, so I'm interested to, to hear your hop choices because it tastes sort of um, like new school, quote unquote, juicy IPA hops. Um, it tastes, there's like a fruit juice, like a pineapple orange juice component that I get out of this. That is not necessarily, I mean, I don't know. Is it American? It's more like American strong ale, I think, or like Amer like, um, you know, like an arrogant bastard kind of thing. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think of this as a barley wine. I think if there was a little more bitterness there to balance that sweet malt, yes. that we'd be having a different conversation. Correct. Because it, yes. it's going to, it's going to change the way that plays. Yeah, I'm, and it might be. Fairly well attenuated. It doesn't seem like it's under attenuated to me. Okay. All right. I'm always, I guess, on the airing on the side, not airing, but I'm always going to say, oh, back off on the malt instead of add more hops. <laughs> it's just, uh, the, there right. are two ways to do it. There are two ways to adjust it for sure. Um, right. It's like when you're EQing in an instrument in a music mix, sometimes yeah. you have to take out the sound that you don't need for that instrument. And that, that makes all the difference. And yeah. Um, more. Anyway, Derek, what is your recipe on this, man? Let's, let's jump into that. Well, I 
just switched over to using Brewer's Friend and the the hop thing. I definitely screwed that up. Um, <laughs> I used Nugget uh, and Cascade hops. Um, I didn't realize as I was adding them that I went with Brewer's Friend's alpha acids, which were much higher than the actual alpha acids. And uh, uh, I was suggesting hmm. 50 IBUs to 100 IBUs for barley wine. And I wanted it to be lower. I wanted it to be more malt forward. Um, so I think that's where I messed that up um, for the haze part. It's kind of doing a little bit of the BUI thing and didn't hit my numbers. So I added some uh, uh, dry malt extract, but I think it was the wheat by accident. So I probably boosted it a little bit with wheat. So that might cause a little bit of haze. I don't know. Um, but, uh, the recipe I used, um, 52% pale ale. Uh, I used 34% rye. Oh, he smokes. Uh, wow. I wow. Used 30, 32% rye, you said? 34. Uh, 34. Oh. oh. I used um, 1.5% of, uh, caramel 120, almost 6% of, uh, marisotter, and then I used, um, a pound of brown sugar as well. And then I used um, WLP uh, 001, the California Ale East. Okay. Fermented that at uh, 66 or 67. It was, I don't have the numbers on me. I, I know it, it, it definitely attenuated all the way down. It was, I think it was below 1015. I think it might have been wow. 1014 or 1015. That's where Good. it finished out. Um. You must have put a lot of yeast in there. <laughs> do a big starter. I, I did do a double. I did do like a double yeast starter for it. Yeah. Um, and I, I think when I actually got it, I think the the yeast itself was really fresh. Like it was probably within a month of manufacture. So that vitality helps because it it has a lot of work to do. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. But it once once it started going, it it didn't stop until. And then I, I made sure that it it sat on there for probably a good week or maybe even a little bit, a little bit longer with, with zero activity. Wow. Yeah, Cause you could see some like a butterscotchiness in there. If it hadn't reabsorbed all that diacetyl, it was a good job keeping it just nice and cleanly malty to me. But again, I think a little more bitterness would balance it nicely. And the next mm-hmm. time you make this, just add a little more, yeah, a little more hops. I think the hop choices were fine and they're, they're going to fade anyway, if you're aging it. So the story, true. The story for this beer was you 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 had plans for this beer, right? Oh well, the, the plans behind this beer, um, what I had hoped to do, I I just had a son this year, so my plan was to make some kind of beer that I could have with him, or well, not with him, but I'll have <laughs> one of these beers on his birthday up until he's twenty one, and go. then once he's twenty one, have one with him. I don't know if the barley wine's going to last that long, or how good it's going to be or not. So I'm, I'm hoping that, um, you know, next year or something like that, I could, if you guys don't have it, I'll send out another, uh, another batch for you guys to try out, but I'm also expecting, uh, a second child, um, next year. So I'm, I'm planning to make another barley wine. Um, and actually JP would be up, probably be able to give me the help for it. Cause what I'm looking to try and do is, uh, try and go chocolate. And I know he likes using pale chocolate, mm-hmm. um, Love for it. stouts and everything. Love it. So I was kind of hoping maybe maybe you had a little insight there. I, I don't want to put any actual chocolate in. I want to try mm-hmm. and go more forward and focus whether it's pale chocolate, pale chocolate wheat, something. Yeah, I mean, pale chocolate, I, I always think that people can use more than they think because it's a dark grain and we're sort of conditioned to, like, not use too much or whatever. But pale chocolate is sort of a workhorse. Um, you know, what, what's your batch size again? I'm just doing five gallons. Five gallon batches. I don't know. Half a pound, three quarters of a pound. Is that too much, guys? Do you think? I wouldn't go yeah, a I pound. Wouldn't, I wouldn't go too heavy. Yeah. No, it's so, uh, uh, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, I mean, that's the hard part about like dialing in a recipe that you're going to brew a whole bunch of it in age. It's like you don't have a chance to really go back and do it again. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know how it's going to play with everything else. Maybe that, that, uh, I would do three quarters of a pound. That's what I would. That's that's what I feel is good. Pale, the pale, pale chocolate, chocolate. Yeah. pale chocolate. Yes. Pale chocolate. That, that, uh, that sounds like a good recommendation to me. Um, 
I was astounded by the amount of rye in this thing, and you didn't have a stuck mash or anything. You just I, I used the a lot of rice holes. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. The rice holes probably saved you because that thing would have <laughs> gummed <laughs> yeah, up. That's that's a lot of rye. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Absolutely. And it's you know it's it's in the flavor. There's there is some of that spiciness and a little husky kind of rye quality, but uh, it's not overstated at all. And that surprised me that there's that much in there. What uh, what yeast did you use? Did you say? He, he said oh, uh, California. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And, and did did yeah. you temperature control your fermentation? I did. I have a I I uh, built a uh, a fridge with a controller on it, so I, I could cool. dial it in. Yeah, he said sixty six. That's good. Yeah, that's yeah that that's perfect, and it really shows because yeah it's that beer like this can either go you can go fermentation too hard too fast and it comes out fusily and nasty, or if you if you don't if you control it too low or don't control it that's in your basement your basement's you know fifty five, and it, it can just go real slow poop out and then you end up with a wordy mess that you don't want to drink. Uh, but I think it was yeah. very, fermentation, I think, to me, is very well done. So I'm, I'm picturing this. Like, you've got – this is beer one. Now, you, you rebrew it whenever you do this, at, you know, and, and age it for almost as long, and you get to taste it on, on the, the 21st birthday with the kid. So with each kid, they each get their own beer. You know, the second kid gets the chocolate recipe, right? And then we, we get that, yep. and, and we try to help you improve it. We might be just steering mm. you widely wrong mm. here, but you never know. <laughs> True. But then you, you, you taste the beer with the – is our palate going to be sophisticated at age 21? So <laughs> appreciate our rich barley wine like this. But I'm just picturing this scene. as like, so here's the beer I made of my own accord. I just threw it together. Mm. They scored it pretty well, and then I sent it back to them, and hopefully we you know do better. We don't know, but yeah, I was like – yeah, the they, Dr. Homebrew helped me perfect my recipe. Like, and the kid will be like, oh, my God, Dr. Homebrew, those guys are like freaking legends, you know? And then by the time you get okay. to your last child, you name him Brian. You're being fa- – uh, this is a fantasy us, yep. that we're going to pull the plug on right now. Derek, the, the, first, the first child Derek, is always an experiment. I'm a first child. So yep, first that's child true. Beer should be an okay. experiment too. Yep. Uh, Derek, do you have anything else for these boys? Um. I mean, just other than uh, adding those hops, uh, just to make that bitterness to kind of balance that out a little bit better is the main suggestion. That was from me. Yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, I think so. And cl- you can clear up the clear up the beer with um, you know a lot of different methods. You can use uh, um, gelatin to fine it. If there's you know just you kind of do low heat on the gelatin and add that in, just like the Knox packets. Um, we could send you instructions on how to do that. Or, you know, you can use uh, like a biofine kind of thing or, you know, whatever, you, you know, there's different, a lot of different ways to clarify that, that uh, yeah. um, you know, the haze, even if you get it from accidentally using wheat malt or something, you can still find ways to, to clear it out of there. I'm, I'm a big fan of gelatin fining, which uh, 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 Dwight in our homebrew club taught us all how to do probably a good 10 plus years ago. Uh but yeah, I, I, I agree with Brian. Uh, Biofine or gelatin can both give you real good results. It's, they're just different mechanisms, but they both kind of get you to the same place. With gelatin, you're going to want to increase your hops a, 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 a slight amount, though. You know, yes, that's going to pull out some of the hop flavor. So if you're yeah. starting here, it's going to pull it down even unacceptably far. So uh, yeah, just go like 1.2 or something times the normal amount that you want. Yeah, yeah. I, I just love the mechanism of action of gelatin, which is just to me kind of fun, where you you get that stuff heated up to like you know not that hot, maybe 110, 120 degrees. You don't want to denature the gelatin, but you want to get it warm and get it to a point where it's all dissolved, and you slowly pour it on the top because it's hot. It kind of floats on the top of your fermenter, and then as it cools off, so it, it makes like a pancake on top in a, in a sense. And as it cools off, it just falls down through your fermenter very slowly and it grabs the stuff floating in your fermenter and it pushes stuff down and you end up with like this big kind of somewhat porous thing just slowly falling down in your fermenter and taking all the the stuff that's suspended in your your beer with it 
uh, I don't know. I, I find that kind of elegant and fun and interesting. I don't know. I'm weird <laughs> that way. It's it is true. interesting. You, you do have to be careful racking, of course, and not, not get little chunks of it back up into the beer. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. Uh, you know all right. Was that everything? Derek, did they answer any of your questions? I don't think they did, but uh, too bad. No, I think that I submitted it to a, a homebrew competition. They, I mean, I know everybody's uh, taste buds are a little bit different. They said that it was a little maybe phenolic or chewy, but you guys didn't mm-hmm. say that. So judging or i'm just saying that's up to you know different taste buds so yeah i, I would mean, do that yeah too. i appreciate yeah. it so and cool. I, I'm pretty, yeah i feel like i'm pretty sensitive to yeah uh I, I I, yeah, get, we're, get, we're both sensitive to phenol brian yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh all right derek well we'll let you go man all right thanks we'll guys. wrap things up all right everybody thanks, thank man. you so much yeah yep good night congrats on the kids <laughs> later derek all right we're gonna take a fast break we're gonna wrap things up here on dr homebrew hang on we'll be right back the leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com. everybody we are gonna be out of here mark and derek thanks a lot guys for sending in beers if you want to send in beers and if you want to be on dr homebrew you email brian at the brewing network.com brian at the brewing network.com we will get your email brian will get you all squared away get you on the show you got to send us some beers of course because otherwise we don't want to talk to you if you're not giving us beers to drink what are we going to do you're going to tell us about your beer and then we're going to tell you what you're tasting no that's not how it works we need to try your beers, and that's just the way life is here on Dr. Homebrew. Brian and Brian, thank you very much. You know, this has been so much fun. We should just do it again. Why don't we, we hang should. out, yeah. and we'll do a whole other show in a couple minutes. What do you think? Sounds I'm fun. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah, it would. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot. This has been Dr. Homebrew. Really appreciate it. Thank you to our sponsor, Five Star, of course. Thank you to everybody listening. And uh, until next time, we will see you later. 